Being fake certainly is exhausting. And uh, Eric, how did you get back on the schedule? I thought the last time we said we were pulling you from it. I asked for that, yes, thank you, Eric. <laughs> but uh, we're wrapping things up this morning, and we've been looking at uh, all the fakeness uh, that can be in our life, it can be externally around us, and how navigating that externally and also internally can be so exhausting. And authenticity can really be hard to find. Uh, we first started off by talking about news and fake news. Then we went into our feelings and how we measure that. Then we also talked about um, relationships. And again, just these, all these, these areas that uh, friendships where, where fakeness just uh, at first uh, seems okay, but then as it goes on and on and on, it, it just gets so exhausting. And our verse for the whole series has been this. Uh, Jesus said this, if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. And all the way through, we've been talking about how that, that at first seems like a catch-22 because when we uh, first have a glimpse of who Jesus is and following him and having him a part of our life, it seems like it's going to limit life. It's going to actually constrict life when the, actually the opposite is true. He says, as you discover who I am, as you embrace me, the truth, and as that starts to be flushed into your everyday life, out into your everyday life, that all of a sudden you find that there's a freedom that uh, just is, is unbelievable. So that's why we've been, been looking through this. Uh, this morning as we, as we wrap things up, we're going to be talking about fake status, which Eric already mentioned. And uh, many times uh, we find ourselves uh, seemingly connected to things, especially connected through technology, and we find that even though we're connected and even though we see this status that somebody else has or the status that we're trying to project, it actually is a fake status. It's really not real. And because of that fakeness to it, that fake status, we find that our, our connectedness is really a disconnection. So we think we're connected. We think we're locked in, dialed in, but we're actually not. We're actually disconnected. And sometimes things like this can happen when that's the case. Now, I don't want to be too judgmental because I have to ask, uh, has that almost happened to somebody here? All right, yeah, for, you know, we've all been there. But again, you think that you're connected, and uh, you're actually disconnected. And it, it may be one thing when we're walking, one thing when we're navigating our, our world. Hopefully, we're not doing that when we're driving. But uh, we're walking and doing our world things. It's one thing that's kind of cute, kind of funny, though most of those hopefully nobody was hurt and that kind of a thing. But there's, there's other items in life where when we are disconnected or we think we're connected and we're actually disconnected, uh, the ramifications for that uh, can, just, can just be huge. And especially with this whole thing with technology, sometimes we have just enough information or shaded information that we think we're connected, but it's really not accurate. And when we function and walk in the light of those things or we're focused in those things, we find ourselves uh, walking into stuff all the time. 
Now, I, I've got to say, I am definitely a guy who likes technology. You know that if you know that about me. I, I love all those kinds of things. Um, I love to leverage that as a church family. Uh, in the hosting time, we heard about having Facebook, and, you know, it's current, and we're trying to get the word out there. You can watch the messages on YouTube. You can listen to them on podcasts, uh, you know, SoundCloud, all those kinds of things. So we, we want to leverage technology. We want to leverage all these things, but we want to make sure, we want to make sure that our connection really isn't uh, a disconnection. And so as we think about face, uh, face, uh, fake status, I'm uh, just going to talk about a few areas, and we're going to kind of go back a little bit. But the first area we're going to talk about here is uh, fake status in mass media. It informs us. And, and we all may function with that, the news, uh, uh, you know, getting blogs, getting all these kinds, all this information thrown at us, uh, Facebook, all these kinds of things. And it does inform us even when it's really disconnected. And we need to, we need to take notice of that. If you and I are going to not live a fake status life, we need to, in a sense, uh, take the mass media with, with a grain of salt. We need to understand it. It means, uh, again, all the way through, we've been talking about the fact we can't check our minds at the door. Uh, we, can't, we, we need to understand that every angle, everybody has a little bit of different angle, and even those sides, that, those views that we kind of like, uh, many times they're even shaded with their, with their mass media. Even that stuff might not be as accurate as we'd like to. It sounds good to us because that's what we want to be the reality, uh, but, it, but it's just not true. And so we've we got to watch out for that. Uh, I mean, they, they basically, um, just a couple facts about that. You know, we're, we're controlled by mass media to some extent because it, again, does inform us. Um, one uh, uh, theorist when it comes to communication uh, wrote this. Uh, communication, mass media, they are so pervasive in their personal, political, economic, psychological, moral, ethical, and social consequences that they leave no part of us untouched, unaffected, unaltered. Uh, correspondent or commentator for ABC News writes this, that 80% of what Americans learn after leaving school comes filtered through the observations of a journalist. And so, you know, no matter where you're at, you're, you're in that. And so if we're going to understand what fake status means for us, if we're not going to uh, be jaded, if we're not going to be controlled by any kind of viewpoint, we need, we need to understand that. We need to realize where, where our information is coming from. And, uh, you know, even um, ba way back in 1982, MTV, uh, you know, said this. They said, we don't, we don't shoot for the 14-year-olds. We own them. So even in 1982, they realized that what they're communicating is grasping at hearts. And uh, you and I have all probably fallen into that at times, well, whatever it is. Uh, we, we get sucked into some idea, sometimes some concept, and it might be 70% accurate, and we kind of get on the bandwagon, and we get swept away with it. And so we just need to not be like ignoring mass meter. We need to understand it's out there, but we need to understand where it's coming from. Because when we don't, when we take everything uh, at face value, if you will, we'll find ourselves getting caught up in this stuff. And, and it's hard work. It's hard work today to be an educated, understanding, um, current uh, 
things going on in the world. That's, that's one reason I've talked to you earlier about uh, trying to have news sources from different slants. So I watch one news source, and I, I see what they think is most important. I watch another one, see what they is most important, and vice versa, and, and just trying to get a more balanced understanding of, of what is going on there. Um, no, nothing like this uh, you know, is more apparent when uh, a number of years ago now, and we just celebrated the anniversary of Prince Diana's passing. If you remember, she uh, was killed in a car accident. And uh, that same weekend, also Mother Teresa passed away. And if you could go back in time and watch the coverage, you would see how media, and, and I have nothing against Princess Diana, I love her last name, Spencer, and uh, so, you know, you know, um, you, you know I, I, I have nothing against her, but if you look at the significance of these two lives, Princess Diana was famous for being famous. Mother Teresa was famous for making a difference. And uh, you, look, you look at just some of the, some of the things, um, when, when all this was breaking, CBS Evening News ran um, three Diana stories to one Mother Teresa story, NBC did seven to one, NBC, um, Newsweek magazine had 47 pages on Diana, but only four on Mother Teresa. So again, it's, it's to understand that this kind of thing is going on all the time. So if we want to avoid being stuck in a fake status ourselves, we need to understand that the mass media does inform us. It is the conduit to where we get our news and our information and our ideas and, and even what's important when we watch TV and movies. And I'm, again, I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things. You just need to understand the source. Uh, it's also interesting, um, you know, for example, if, if you're... Uh, you know, watching TV sometimes, yeah, if you see a deeply committed Christian on TV or on a movie portrayed, it's usually they're demented, they're warped, they're evil, they're hypocritical, they're narrow-minded, they're mean, they're judgmental, just plain crazy. And um, so you watch that stuff, and, and that's kind of the flavor you get. Um, you watch uh, Modern Family, and again, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch these things. That's between you and uh, your matters of conscience. We talked about this this past summer. But you're watching Modern Family, and uh, you, know, you have a, a, a person with an alternative lifestyle, and you like them, and they're nice, and all these kinds of things. And all of a sudden, you start to feel more positive to that kind of a thing. And, and that, that's, that's, what's, that's what's going on. Uh, you know, you, um, you know, watch a, a program that has a lot of uh, sex in it, and it's always outside of marriage, and it always seems to be positive without consequences, and then that starts to creep into how you think about marriage, and you think about all those kinds of things. So all these do have an influence on us. The, the mass media does inform us, and it takes a, it takes a thinking, God-sensitive person to be able to weave through all of those kinds of things. Exposure to media is never neutral. Exposure to media is, is never neutral. And we need to understand. Again, I don't think that means we curl up and live in a holy bubble and, and, and not be aware of that. But, but we, need to, we need to be wise what they're doing. Uh, we need to understand that. Uh, you know, so with this whole uh, fake status, if, if we don't get that, we can tie into a viewpoint, an idea, uh, what is good, what isn't good. Uh, all that can help define what we think, how we should live, and, and all those kinds of things. And so we need to understand that there is a message, there's a, there's a ripple always going forth. 
Um, also, uh, we need to understand that uh, fake status in social media shapes us. When we're talking about social media, we're talking about Twitter, Facebook, give me some of them, Instagram, all those kinds of things. You, you know, and again, it's, it's, not, it's not that uh, we shouldn't be a part of those things. We just, we just need to understand that that kind of a thing is, is shaping us. It, it, we, we take some value from that. Um, you know, in the morning, I, I get up uh, most mornings, and I, I'm looking at my Facebook page to see what's going on and what happened overnight, and, and some of it's very healthy, you know. Uh, many of us who know the Buck family are praying for Robin Buck, and there was a post this morning from, you know, like 2 in the morning, and then that was, that was helpful to be able to pray for her and all that's going on in her life. So, so there can be helpful, and then there can be the crazy stuff. Then there can be the things that kind of get you sidetracked, and all of a sudden, you know, 15 minutes has gone by, and, and you, you know, you haven't even made the coffee yet. No, that never happens in my house. But some of you might not make the coffee. You know, it's just, you know. But, uh, you know, those kinds of things are going on. So, again, this idea that uh, it shapes us. It says that, uh, uh, let's see, ages 8 to 18 now spend practically every waking moment, except for school, uh, using a smartphone, a computer, a television, or electronic device. And uh, they say that... Uh, the total number of time came in at seven and a half hours, and that doesn't include one point, an hour and a half texting. So if you, if you include multitasking, you know, being on two or three things at the same time, uh, some people are, are actually getting 11 hours of media content in seven and a half hours of time. Wow, that's excellent. Go for it. No, no, that's actually not good. <laughs> but you just see how that's playing out. Uh, we hear this cyber bullying happening all the time. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, one person uh, posts a, a negative comment about another person, and uh, it, it, it may be totally untrue. It may have some nuances, but all of a sudden it starts getting magnified, and, and that person's crushed. And what's amazing, especially for our students, it's not like they can go home away from school, away from the playground, and get away from it. They're in their house, and it's there because they've got this phone, and it just keeps feeding and keeps going that way. Um, you know, there's, I was listening to something today, just even coming in, and you're hearing all these, all these uh, you know, commentators, all this saying something's not totally right with this because it's shaping us too much. Um, there's something called Facebook depression. is low self-esteem that kids, or I'd say anyone, can experience from constant exposure to friends' happy statuses, updates, and photos of someone else's packed social calendar. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, you don't have much going on for that day, and all of a sudden you pop up your Facebook and you realize that your buddy is going out with your other buddy, and you're not included, and there are the pictures and all that kind of thing, and you just feel really bad. Or some of us as parents are uh, come across uh, somebody, and, you know, they've got kids, our kids' age, and things are going wonderful, and all of a sudden we sound bad. You know, we're like, oh, wow, that's great for them, but I wish my, you know, my life was like that. So it's just really interesting. It does shape us. It, it has an attempt at uh, getting into our lives. Um, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics is urging uh, children's doctors to make, to make asking about media usage a standard part of checkups. So it's interesting because they just want to see how this is playing into it because there is some kind of effect. And again, everything in moderation. It doesn't mean totally unplug. You, you may need to do that. You may need to go cold turkey. Uh, but, uh, you know, you just need to understand that our fake status is tied into allowing social media to, to just shape us. 
And it's actually even altering our relationships. It's fake status in relationships is, is altering us because, because we, we're looking at this. And, and we've even, um, when it comes to the word friend, uh, Facebook, you know, you, know you, have a, you have 328 friends on average, anyone who's on Facebook. But if you start to probe and ask them how many real, like, personal interactive friends they might have, you know, the average person might say, well, I have, like, three or six or, or whatever. And, and they actually say 25% of us would say we have no close friends, even those who have lots of friends, quote, unquote, on Facebook. And so, you know, again, it just, it just creates all, this, uh, all these kinds of problems. And, um, you, you know, uh, you you've hear this happening every once in a while, all of a sudden, um, you know, someone, uh, you know, has a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a friend and they, they, they make a stupid decision and take pictures of body parts they shouldn't have and then they break up with a friend or the girlfriend or the boyfriend and then all of a sudden that person just broadcasts it to everywhere and just crushes that person. You just, you just can't take it back. So, you know, this is, this is, this is really huge for us and, and really, really dangerous for us and, and can be really scary. Uh, it's interesting. This is what Jesus talks about when he's talking about relationships in John uh, 1334, uh, he writes this, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have also loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And again, we bought into this idea that because we're connected uh, through social media, that we're actually in this, and it can be used for good, but often we're falling way too short when it comes to expressing love, being known by lo for love, just, again, just because of uh, this whole idea of, um, of Facebook, and it's, a, it's being connected, but not really being connected. I've already alluded to this a little earlier. Our sense of friendship is just, is just changing because of that. And so this, you know, we say, well, no, that's not true. But if, if you really see it, it's, it's really, really, really changing. Um, not only is our sense of friendship changing and how we evaluate friends, and we use the word friend for people that really aren't our close friends, it also becomes, it creates an obs obsession with instant affirmation, and that, that captivates ourselves. You know, we're not, we're not feeling good about ourselves, or we're home by ourselves, and, and we're looking on Facebook or looking on whatever, and all of a sudden we say, you know, um... You know, I gotta post something. Uh, let me let me find something to post, and I post something, and then I spend the next half an hour, hour, you know, checking my post to see how many people liked it and who didn't like it and what kind of comments are made. And all of a sudden, my my feelings for myself go up. They actually say there's a chemical uh, released when all that's going on, and it's creating us to be a little addicted to uh, dopamine is released in the brain, and you start to feel good about yourself because you're getting more likes. So you know. Uh, it's just it's just amazing to realize this, and then that whole instant affirmation can can bleed over into other things. It affects our self control. Uh, it affects us going for that second donut, but, you know, whatever it is. But we want instant affirmation, and we find ourselves not being able to have deferred affirmation. We want it now. We can find it. You know, we're talking about this at financial peace. We can find it creeping into our finances. The whole same thing. This 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 instant. Um, affirmation and it feels good and uh, you know you find this happen actually hold on a second I'm not really feeling good about this sermon right now so let me see all right all right smile out there listen peace time makes me cool I think oh look at that 
Let's just see what happens here. See who's home, who's looking at their phone right now. Post. Oh, wrong one. Let's see here. Oh, Facebook. Live. I'll just put, let's see, what will I put? Having a horrible time at SCC. I wish you were here. I did not say that, but I did. So, so now it's up. Now I'm watching around. I'm seeing people go for their phones. You're not looking at you version. You're, you're doing whatever. So, but you know, and when I look at that, you know, and I might get one or two likes. I'm going to feel really bad. So please like it. Um, but the reality is, there's good news. Fake status in our world doesn't need to define us. It really doesn't need to define us. Uh, we may have to work hard at it. We may have to be engaged with it. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying pull the plug on everything. Uh, there's some benefit to it. We want to leverage it. It's, it's great when there's a need. Like I told you earlier, I was able to see Robin's status, and I was able to pray for her and think about her, and people were coming in. Hey, have you heard? I go, I haven't heard personally, but I, I did see where she's at and what's going on. She posted something around 2 or 3 in the morning and, and that kind of a thing. So, so it can be helpful that, but it doesn't have to define us. What ought to define us is this verse. It says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. And in, in this thing, we see that we need to show up in people's lives. I love sending a text. I love getting a good text from my girls. They, they make my day when, hey, Dad, thinking of you, love you, and that kind of thing. And, you know, that's great and all that. Uh, but uh, it's even nicer when it's a call. It's even nicer when they actually show up. And uh, it's the same way with us. Uh, you know, it's this idea that rather than being connected and disconnected, we need to really work hard that our connection isn't just taking place electronically. And, uh, you know, uh, most of us have forgotten that these are actually phones. They're just not text machines or Facebook or posting machines, but you actually can call someone. And uh, they can be really fantastic in our lives. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty good boy, and I try to call my parents two or three times a day. They haven't figured out the FaceTiming, even though they have an uh, iPad, but that's a whole other story. But I try to talk with them. I try, to, I try to connect with them. So it's a great gift that, you know, they live seven hours away, and I can talk with them, and, uh, and I want to do that. So there's good things, but we have to we have, to have more than just an electronic um, connection. And obviously, that involves being present. And, um, you know, when I, when I say this, you know, and I point my finger at you, there's fingers pointing right back at me. Because i got to be really aware of this. Um, this is the uh, last time Cindy and I were out to coffee. It says, uh, do you mind if I strap your phone to my forehead so we can pretend you're looking at me when I talk? But uh, so, so, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of there, so I get that. But again, you know, the idea is that we really, really need to be present. And present means being there. It means being in the presence of another person not just electronically. Uh, Paul writes this in Romans. Do not just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with a genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. When God's people are in need, be ready to help. Always be eager to practice hospitality. You gotta do that 
in person. You've got to be present. So how do we not let fake status you know, define us? One of the ways uh, is we need to be present in people's lives. And we also have to allow for people to be present in our lives. For some of us, it's a little safer to hide behind our screens, to not, not be present, uh, not be aware, not be in that person's life. Send a text and we check it off our list that I, I connected with somebody. And again, some of that's okay, but, but it's got to be more than that. Well, then we find our fake status defining us and we really don't have, we're really living a life in isolation even though we have, we're connected, we're really disconnected. Also along with this is this idea of being informed. And this being informed really starts to, uh, you know, come into play when, especially when, when we're parents and we have other people in our lives. And this is a part, if you're uh, younger, like, I don't know, 19, 18, this is where you're going to really hate me because of some of the things I'm going to say. But because uh, as parents, uh, we need to be informed. You're not going to like this, but uh, we need to be informed of what's going on. We need to be informed of how social media, how all this is affecting our kids, what kind of environment they're growing up. I love these men back way back in Chronicles, uh, Iskar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And uh, that kind of attitude, that kind of insight needs to be ours as Christ followers. Parents, when you have kids, you, you need to be informed. You need, to, you need to realize what your kids are looking at, what they're engaged with, and uh, how that, again, is shaping their lives. Some of us uh, really just don't have a clue, and, uh, and we like it that way because then we don't have to feel bothered by it. And, oh, they'll get through it, but the reality is, most of us who have parents who have younger children, your first-generation parents dealing with this. Uh, you know, it's going to be 20 years out where all of a sudden all these studies are done and all the craziness that's happened uh, because, uh, you know, we kind of just didn't, we ignored it. We didn't pay attention. So, so we really need to be aware of this. Um, and a part of this, you know, really is realizing that, you know, this, these screens are, uh, you know, give our kids a window into a world, in some places, into a world we don't want them to see. That shouldn't be a part of their thinking, shouldn't be a part of their uh, mindset. Uh, there are some things they can see that they can't unsee. And now it's electronically right at their fingerprints. We could talk about pornography and other things and violence, and, and there's, there's a, a desensitization that goes on, and it could be some of the games and the videos and all, all those kinds of things, the movies we watch. We just really, really need to be aware of it. And Psalm, and we, I think we pulled this verse up earlier in the last few weeks, uh, I will not look with, look with uh, approval on anything that is vile. And we need to define that. Again, you can go back this summer to look at, uh, can a Christian do this thing? We had a whole series on that when it came to movies and all those kinds of things and a bunch of other stuff. But, but we have to really ask ourselves, we need to call a spade a spade. Uh, we, we don't want our kids desensitized. We, uh, do, do you want your kids, you know, we're, we're still dealing with the aftermath of, of the Florida shootings, and do you want uh, that to be, oh, yeah, there was another shooting today. At least, you know, it was two kids, not 17 or 15. I mean, we, we want a sensitivity, and, and some of this we're bringing on our, our, ourselves because we're just not informed. We're not, we're not paying attention. So we, we need to be looking at those kinds of things. Also, also we need to be involved. We, we need to be involved in people's lives. We need, we need to be, uh, you know, a part of their lives. 
and, uh, and we need to be thinking. And uh, most of us, most of all, love each other as if your life depends on it. Love makes up for practically anything. And at least for me, when it came to dealing with this in the beginning stages of all this as a parent, Cindy and I, it was love. I'm going to go through some steps, some ideas. I, I, just, I just did not want to be micromanaging at this level. But, but I loved my kids, and even though they didn't think I was loving them by having some of these restrictions, some of these guidelines, I, I just had to have them. I, I, couldn't, I could not not be involved. And again, it, it stunk. I, I can remember uh, one time having a, uh, we were over dinner, Christian friends of ours, there's probably like four or five couples, and we're all talking about all this stuff. And this is probably, I don't know, maybe uh, 10 years ago, uh, maybe eight years ago. We're over at the house, and uh, we're talking about all this kind of stuff. And again, this is just, it's just getting started. And uh, we had guidelines and parameters. And, and the, other, the other great Christ followers were looking at like us like we were crazy. Why, why, why are you even checking that? Aren't you being controlling? Aren't you, don't, why don't you give your kids free? You know, don't you trust your kids? And I go, well, it's I trust them, but I, I just know what I would have done when I was their age. Um, you, you know, so, and, and this isn't fun. <laughs> I don't like doing this. I don't like having these conversations. I don't like uh, periodically doing a text check. I hated doing that. First of all, I couldn't follow their abbreviations and trying to figure out what, is this good, bad? I don't know what this means. But, but periodically, they, they would know that we would pick up their phones, and their phones were our phones, actually. So we, we had the right to, to invade their privacy at any time we wanted to and just see what they were texting. And if they deleted anything, we knew. Uh, you have to even be more of a student today because there's all kinds of games going on. But, but we didn't like that. But the reason we did is because we loved our kids and didn't want them, uh, you know, dancing close to the line and being totally unaware of it. And we, we got to know what their friends were like by what their friends texted them and, all, and on and on and on and on. And, you know, as, as, as I was walking through this, I go, man, we need to do that again. I go, wait a minute, my kid's 20 and 21. I don't have to do this anymore. But, but uh, so you who have kids still in your house and still responsible, uh, you know, that, that's a part of it. And I, I will say this, if you're a parent and uh, our grandparent, you know, this isn't like the, the message you go, hey, you need to listen to this message, son, to tell your kid, you know, you, you need to wait till they ask for this kind of thing. You can't stuff this on your grandkids through their parents kind of a thing. But uh, this idea, again, of, of being, being involved. Uh, we read, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and what and may be pure. So, so again, it's this whole idea of being engaged, being informed, knowing. I remember one time we were out on, on the boat on Newfound Lake in New Hampshire. Uh, Cindy's brother has this boat, and we're out there having fun, and a and song came on, and um, you know, my brother-in-law wasn't as discerning with, with what was being played, and it was uh, Journeys 1979, you know, any way I want it, that's the way I want to give it, or something like a song like that, and uh, one of my kids is just singing it, and I go, do you, do you know what that's singing about? No, it's, but it's great, but every way you want it. I'm like, my understanding of that, and I kind of grew up back then, is that's a song about sex and that kind of thing, and and I actually don't care if you sing that song once you're married and your husband's around and go, hey, any way you want. You know, I, I don't, that's great. I want that. But as your dad, 
I'm embarrassed. She turned bright red, never sang that song again. So, so you, you know, but you got to be informed. And uh, kids don't know, you don't know. And, and you know, if we're going to, uh, you know, and this, this was a normal kind of thing where when those kinds of things would happen, I'd kind of, you know, so it wasn't like the first time. But, but, but they understood that and because uh, I need to be an informed parent and I need to know uh, what, the, what, they're, what they're dealing with and, and those kinds of things. Also, this idea as a parent, and, you know, and this goes both ways, uh, you know, as men, as women, as adults, we, we need to, to have people that uh, hold us accountable, and we welcome them into this part of our life, this whole fake status. Uh, you're not going to have 10 people like this, but as we looked at fake friends, uh, you ought to have a couple people that can speak into your life about this, that you're, that you're honest with. And because uh, we need to take charge of our lives. We just don't let this fake status happen to us. We're not um, helpless in all of this. We, we can be in charge. Um, wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of the one who has no sense. And the idea here is that uh, be in charge, be wise. Knowledge in action is wisdom, and uh, we should be discerning. And uh, when we're not, we get beat up. And uh, we get beat up in all kinds of ways. We walk into things. That earlier clip where it's, we're connected, but we're really disconnected with what's going around us. So we, we, need, to, we need to be aware, and, and we need to be in charge. And, and again, this is one of those video clips that uh, kids won't like, but I've got to show it. It's about a year old, but it um, really shows you that as parents, you can be in charge. And some of the programs you're going to hear about, some of the apps you're going to hear about, I even thought, uh, you know, it might be good for some, some people when you have an issue or have a concern, maybe you have somebody monitor you the way this mother wants to monitor her son and daughter. A cyber safety guide, how you can keep your kids safe while they're glued to their phones. Yeah, today, National Investigative Correspondent Jeff Rawson is here to show you. Jeff, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning to you. Of course, we all want to keep our kids safe, especially when they get to that age where they can't seem to put their phones down. You know the time. Most of the time, we have no clue what they're doing, who they're talking to, what they're typing. But this morning, that all changes. We're about to show you three apps you can download onto your kids' phones right now to monitor all their activity quick and easy. Your kids are leading secret lives on their phones. But now, Secrets Out, three smartphone apps designed to help you monitor not just your child's web history, but also every text, every phone call, even your kid's exact location. <laughs> Perfect for the Totoli family. What about you? And their two teenage kids. Yeah, yeah. They're always on their phones. Today, we're about to show mom some new tricks. So we've downloaded the apps on your kids' phones. Okay. Have a seat. And we can monitor everything from your laptop right here. Awesome. Everything they're doing. Okay. <laughs> First up, Net Nanny. This app allows you to control your kids' internet activity remotely. The cool thing about this one is you can actually choose the exact websites that you want blocked on your kids' phones. That's great, awesome. But it goes a step further. You can block the type of website, so dating sites, nudity, pornography, tobacco. You can block those. Super helpful, yeah. But it goes even a step further than that. Suicide, for example. You can set it to warn mode, so you will get a warning if your kid types suicide in. That's super helpful, be I think, because of the cyberbullying, everything yeah. that happens in the teen's life that's so common today. App number two does even more, called Secure Team. This one gives you your kids' call logs, which means 
you know who your kids are calling and you know who's calling your I kids. I've never seen that. <laughs> but it goes even a step further than that. You can actually read your kids' text messages. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. As scary as that may <laughs> yeah, be. I know. We have your daughters called up right here. Okay, oh, I see her. Come over, so that's what she says to a friend, and then the friend responds, I can, I have a cheer scavenger hunt. Oh, that's a great tool. But app number three may be the most advanced of all, called TeenSafe. Not only tracking text messages and calls, but it also pinpoints your child's exact GPS location instantly. Your son is of driving age. Yes. And any mom who has a kid who drives. Yes, I'm not in there. So you want to know where he is. This app actually gives you the exact coordinates of where he is at any given time, no matter where he is. Like we have him called oh, up right awesome. here. That's awesome. Oh, I see him there in the deli. And the app is right. We actually have a camera with her son, and he is in that deli parking lot. And here's the coolest thing of all. We obviously worry about texting and driving. Absolutely. We tell my kid all the time, don't text and drive. If you actually think he could and you know he's going from somewhere to somewhere and you don't even want him to have the option. Absolutely. Pick up your phone real quick. Let me show okay. you this. Click on the Teen Safe app. Okay. You see the pause button? Yes. Just hit pause. Okay. His phone is frozen. No way. My phone's locked. I can't do anything. I can't text. For a parent, I think this is fantastic. You'll use this. Absolutely. Your son will hate you, but you'll yes. use it. Sorry, and, and this is a year and a couple months old, so I'm sure they've even got better and more stuff. But, uh, but you're a parent. You're in charge. I mean, I mean what else do I have to say? Um, you, you know, so uh, again, it, it's hard, though. It's hard. And then, you know, as, as parents and adults, we need to make sure that we're living what we're teaching. Uh, you need to make sure what's on your phone, because you're probably your kid has your passcode to your phone and probably can access it anytime they want. They see your computer and those kinds of things. So you need to be, make sure that you are uh, uh, flying right, flying correct. Again, and like I said, you know this this is dear to my heart when it comes to letting you know being too uh, connected and really being disconnected. So I had to show you. I had a bunch of these pictures. I want to show you one more. Here I'm at snow camp retreat, and I don't know what I'm doing on my phone, but those three guys are, those actually, those three guys now are married and have kids, but uh, anyway, you know, I'm, I'm there, and there I'm on my phone, and it's so easy uh, to, to be that kind of person, and uh, I gave you some lists from um, uh, James Emery White, and again, these, these, these ideas are just ideas, but uh, I, th I think you, you, you got to take charge, you got to be aware. Um, you know, limit their phone minutes, text, online hours, and don't let it take over their lives. That applies to you as an adult, too. applies to me. Uh, don't ever let them see a movie you haven't uh, thoroughly on the front end uh, looked at, reviewed. Um, there's a couple sites that Cindy and I used to use. It was called Plugin and Kids in Mind. And uh, you can get those right on your phones. And they, they get so specific to tell you how many uh, swear words are in that, how much skin you see. Every, I, I, just everything is listed. And, and it's, I mean, I wonder who the person is asked to go through and record all that. But anyway, but you can figure out. I even sometimes use it as an adult. I want to see this movie, and I go there, and I look, and I go, eh, I don't really want to see that part of the movie, so I'm not going to see it. But, but the, these tools are, are out there. So, you know, um, and again, like I said earlier, use this stuff also to, for teaching. Um, one time, uh, the girls were over Christian friends of ours. Uh, they were having a slumber party, and they called us uh, at 1039. I may have shared this story in another venue before, but they called and wanted to watch this movie, and it was a, actually a Disney movie and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, 
sure. I'm like half asleep at 10.30 on Saturday night. Anyway, uh, like sure, 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 sure. And the next morning I got up and used one of these plug-in, uh, plug-in or, or the other one, Kids in Mind. And, and when I looked through it, there were, there were definitely some situations in there I, I really wasn't happy that my girls were being exposed to or that they would walk away thinking that was okay. Uh, so the girls come home, and, you know, it's Sunday afternoon. I say, hey, Sarah and Hannah, how was the movie? Oh, it was great. It's you love it. Yeah, I don't know if they're 10, 12. I'm like, great, we're going to rent it on Friday night and watch it as a family because it sounds like it was such a good movie. They're like, oh, great, that'll be great. And then as we got, kept getting closer to Friday, every day, well, there might be this part you don't like. And, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> Friday comes, we rent the movie. Back in the days we rented movies, and we picked up the movie, and... Uh, we, we went through, this is just so mean as a dad, we went through and I stopped it at every scene that I thought sent a message that I, I didn't think was good. And so in the beginning, and I, you know, this, this, you know, guys and girls, you know, who, who, who are, are, who are supposed to be like 16 year old, but they got cut bodies like they're 25 or, you know, you know, rolling around in the sand playing volleyball and all these compromising positions and all that stuff. Uh, you know, and I said, you know, you know what's going on here? Well, you know what's, you know what the guy's thinking? You know what the girl's thinking? You know, do you need, do I need to explain that to you? No, 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 can you move on? You know, <laughs> you know, just, and we watched the whole movie. It took an extra 20 minutes, but we watched it. And, and it, was, it wasn't to shame them. It wasn't to make fun of them, really. It was just to say, hey, there's a whole nother piece going on here. And I wanted them to be aware of it. So actually, in hindsight, I was glad that they watched that movie because it was a teaching moment. And again, I didn't pick on them, any of those kinds of things. But, but it was a teaching moment. It was, it, you know, I think it was really healthy. And then other times when I'd say, hey, how about the movie? Well, I th-, you know, they were, you know they, were, they were on it a little bit more. So, um, you know, stuff about uh, cell phones. Uh, you know, you can read these through your own. Um, at the dinner table, uh, you know, don't have your kids share passwords. I mean, some of the stuff's common sense. I know there was a time where we kept all our computer, we kept our computer in the kitchen just to, to be safe. And you know, now you've got notebook computers more so it changes and iPads and things like that. We never have TV in their room or our room. Uh, you know, Facebook. Unless you're a friend of theirs, then they couldn't have Facebook. And we made sure they didn't have like secret accounts. Not that they did that, but you know, that can happen. Here's my Facebook. Oh, there's me with my Bible in front. You know, hi. And then there's this other one. You know, you know, just just again, common sense and that kind of thing. And uh, and and set a set a set a uh, age and stick to it. And, and that's some of this is is just being consistent. Some of this is being consistent. You roll out all these rules and then you don't follow up with them. You're just teaching your kid, mom and dad are going to have rules. And then as time goes on, they're just going to kind of disappear. So don't worry about it. Uh, so, so, you know, the common parenting stuff. Um, so what's the bottom line? The bottom line is this. Don't let being connected become a disconnect. Personally, as a Christ follower, it can become a disconnect. Having your kids connected can be a disconnect. It can disconnect them from the way you're trying to raise them as, as children. And so you can be investing in them and working hard and not realize that you've got this huge door, this barn door open that has a conduit of all this stuff going into their life that you don't want a part of their lives. 
Also with this, I will say this, you got to think it out. I, we, we had some times where, where we, we, I told you earlier, we, I, would, I would check every song they'd put on their um, MP3 player device thing. And, um, and I wasn't, it could be secular music, Christian music, it didn't matter. I just wanted the lyrics to be right. I wanted the message to be at least benign. And so I would allow them to pass in three or five lyric things a week. And they needed to read the lyrics beforehand. And if there was one that had some craziness because they just weren't paying attention, that counted because I wasn't going to be doing this like all day long, you know, 20, 30 songs a week. And, um, and slowly but surely, you know, and then we would talk about why I didn't think this one. I'd say, do you know what this word means? Do you know what's going on here? This, this song, you'd never want a guy like this. It sounds like fun. You don't want a guy like this. Warning, 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 warning. So why would you want a piece of music that sings and glorifies and makes that seem like the ideal God? You don't want that. And then there was a time before they were out of the house, 16, 17, that we kind of opened the doors and, and let them start choosing their songs. And sometimes they would choose songs wrongly, and we would talk about it. But I, but I wasn't like the song police. And, and we kind of learned. We kind of locked that because I wanted them to make those decisions at home. And, and I wanted them to get to the point so, that, so they would get that. So it wasn't to have all these rules, and the minute they're free, they're free. I wanted to slowly bring them up to speed where they could be a thinking Christ follower and say, you know, that song isn't really good for my heart. And so even now with our kids, you know, there are some times where a movie or whatever, and I, hey, let's watch this. And they go, oh, you don't, you don't want to watch that because they know, and, and, and they don't want to watch it. We started that movie one time and had to turn it off because they, they started to own it themselves. So, And really, really, this whole idea here, that you've probably seen this little acrostic, you know, Jesus, other, you. When we're thinking about being connected, we want to be Jesus first. We want to be others first. And we want to be you for the you third. We want to care about ourselves, but we want to make sure that our fake status is not disconnecting us from Jesus, disconnecting us from others, and disconnecting us from the who the person God wants us to be. So let's uh, pray together. Grace, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the fact that uh, you, your ideas, your concepts, your word transcends uh, time. And it speaks to us today. It has a message for us today. And Lord, we do ask that you would help us to learn to navigate these new waters that didn't exist 15, 20, 30 years ago. It's new and it's constantly changing. Help us to be informed. Help us to be wise. Help us not to check our brains at the door. Help us not to be so strict that uh, we, in a sense, create this situation where our kids, the minute they have freedom, just go off the deep end. Uh, help us to live what we're communicating. Help us to have integrity in our lives where our claimed values are actually our lived values. Lord, we, we don't want the fake status. We don't want to live this fake life because it is so exhausting and it creates all kinds of damage in the wake of it. So we ask for your help. We ask for your patience and we ask for open hearts that, that listen to you. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.